Yes Alive show on UK Health Radio. I'm Robin Daly, host for the show and founder of Yes to Life, the charity supporting the introduction of integrative medicine into cancer care in the UK. In this week's episode, I'm showcasing a new online service for those with cancer and their families and carers, The Cancer Coach. It's based at thecancercoach.org. Heading up the new service, which has a broad offering, is Isabel Galliano. So I'm talking to Isabel about the Cancer Coach at her home in Singapore. Hello, Isabel, and a big welcome to the Yes Life Show. Hello, Robin. Thank you for having me. So today I want to talk to you about an online service that you head up called the Cancer Coach. Uh, through it, you aim to offer a wide range of services specifically to people with cancer. Uh, as I said, it's an online service, entirely virtual. And while it's obvious that there's huge benefits from an access point of view, with anyone able to sit down at their computer wherever they are and be able to contact you, critics might say, well, look, cancer's a really serious disease. You can't really do anything that has any real impact without even seeing the clients in person. It's all just too risky. How do you respond to that sort of thing? Well, first of all, I really believe that cancer patients do need much more support to cope with their daily challenges. And that support can be given in many different forms and through many different channels. And I do believe that online services, telemedicine has definitely its place and also has been proven to be very efficient and definitely very impactful. And if I look at the work we do as cancer coaches, I see every day in my interactions with my clients that I am able to create a relationship with the clients. I am able to make them feel heard and understood, which is a very important part in coaching. But also, you know, a lot of what we do is lifestyle intervention. And when we talk about lifestyle intervention, it requires a lot of time. It requires a lot of commitment. And as you mentioned, having the ability to do it online makes it much, much easier. And I can actually see from the time where I started, you know, seeing people one-on-one, -on -one, I have far less uh, appointments that have been canceled since it's online. Right. And well, it has to do with the, with the, um, the nature of the disease. Cancer patients often feel tired, they feel low energy, and it's just much easier to switch on the computer than commute all the way to wherever you are. Good point. Yeah, well, there's definitely a lot of advantages, no doubt about that. Um, okay, so before we start talking about the service, I'm interested to hear why you started it and when. Well, it's very much related to my personal history with cancer. So the first time that I had a personal uh, history with cancer was when my mother was diagnosed with terminal colon cancer more than 20 years ago. Wow. And I was her caregiver. So that's the first time that I realized at a very young age, all the different impacts that the cancer diagnosis has. So how it impacts not only, of course, your physical life, your emotional life, but also your family life, your professional life, your finances very often, and that there are so many aspects that are not really addressed by the medical system and that patients are very often left on their own to find their solutions. And we often felt really very helpless and very lonely throughout the journey. Right. Unfortunately, my mother passed away and exactly five years after she passed, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. 
So now I was the, the cancer patient and I went through all the treatment, chemotherapy, radiotherapy, targeted therapy, hormone therapy, wow. you name it. Yeah. Again, you know, I was faced to all the challenges that most cancer patients were facing. And I was very happy with my medical team. I felt that I didn't need one additional doctor, but I needed support in different areas, like how to get better sleep, how to get my stress under control, how to motivate myself to movement when I'm scared that I might get hurt after my surgery. Right. How about nutrition? All these aspects were not covered. Uh, I had many, many questions, little answers. So, but it was really when I had my second cancer, two years after that, that I decided to make something about it. I said, if I can find it, I need to find the answers myself. And I decided to make a career change. I was CEO of a radio station at that moment, so I didn't go back to my work. I really focused on healing, and I decided to really have a different attitude. You know, when you are diagnosed again with cancer, and I'm sure many of your listeners can relate to that, it's this feeling of, oh my God, I just can't possibly go through it another time. Right. You know, I have the energy to do it all over again. So I knew that I needed some additional tools that would make my life easier throughout the treatment, that will also empower me to have an active role throughout the healing process, and that I would make sure that I could influence my healing journey. And that's really where I started to, you know, starting to study again. I enrolled in many programs from health coaching, nutrition, physical activity, stress management, yoga, meditation, you name it. And for me, the goal was to create a toolbox that I could uh, use in a very practical way to help myself to better recover from treatment, to have a better quality of life during treatment, but also to helpfully work on reducing my risk of my cancer coming back. Right. And I, I slowly started to, to see clients, you know, to do coaching. I worked very uh, closely with a functional medicine nutritionist for many months from whom I learned a lot and a lot. And I also quickly realized that I didn't have enough hours in my day, you know, to see all the clients. And I did want it to just be able to impact cancer patients all over the world, to be honest. And uh, to also having that feeling of being able to make out of my personal story and my mother's story something very positive and something very constructive was really one of my goals and uh, i found a real passion for what i do and a real purpose and uh, i at some times uh, got into contact with luke watts who was the leader of a cancer coach at that moment and we realized that we had many ideas in common and that's how we decided to make it very short to create the cancer coach together which is now a an online platform dedicated to cancer coaching and cancer wellness. Mm. Well, I can relate very much to that, um, making something positive out of a bad experience and uh, what that can do for you and, uh, and uh, the kind of passion you can bring to it from your own personal experience. Um, very important uh, actually to have been where the people you're trying to help are is uh, well, a very important ingredient, I think, of bringing help that actually hits the spot, you know, 
that, and what they really need. Uh, a couple of little details in what you said. I just wanted to check you. You said the second time you had cancer, this was a recurrence and not a new cancer, correct? It was a recurrence. Yeah. So I did have a recurrence in the same breast, actually, mm -hmm. which uh, needed further interventions or more intensive surgery, additional treatments. And uh, yes, that, that was the, the, the second cancer yeah. that I yeah. survived about 15 years ago. That was 15 years ago. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. And um, I, I also want to check, I mean, one, one of the things about cancer, I feel always, is that there's a kind of uh, willful ignorance amongst the public about cancer because nobody wants to know about it because they're all hoping it's not going to be me. And so people actually know very, very little about cancer generally, unless they've got experience very close to them, in which case they have to. Um, in your case, you uh, had to care for your mother. And so obviously, by the time you got diagnosed, you were better informed than a lot of people about what you had ahead of you. Did you find this made a, a lot of difference to you in terms of uh, being able to plan for it at least and things like that? Without any doubt. And it's also one of the reasons that motivated me to become a cancer coach right. because fortunately after your cancer experience you know so much more and you wish you had all this information at the beginning of the journey right. so i thought if i could somehow create a platform where i could share all this information so that people are better armed or better informed you know can get organized in a much better way it, it, it would be only that would make such a difference in a, a healing journey and yes Although it was a very sad and intense experience with my mother, it did put me in a much better position and to have a better idea of what is coming towards you because you have really no clue, you know, Absolutely. everything that you will have <laughs> to deal with. Right. In a way, we need to encourage the public to engage with the, the topic a lot more so they're much better informed, A, to avoid it, and B, if they can't avoid it, what, what they can do, what resources there are. But uh, it's a difficult uh, audience to target, to say, because people, in many ways, they just don't want to know about it, and you can't blame them. It's not a nice prospect, but... The reality is, of course, is that one in two people, a ridiculously high number, is going to have to face up to it. So, yeah, a bit of education will go a long way. And it's also in many cultures some kind of a taboo mm. uh, still to talk about it. Uh, I see also many clients who don't even want to share it with their family. And when I was myself going to chemotherapy, I could see women who would come in completely covered so they would make sure nobody would recognize them. There's still this aspect of hiding it from the public and also in the general public like it's like a bit the less i know about it maybe the less it goes closer to me like if it yes, was something absolutely it, it is a lot of thought process that still needs to be changed mm. well i mean the uh, that was common in britain within my lifetime is that nobody spoke about cancer i can remember the first public figure coming out and saying they had cancer on tv and that was like a major thing uh, so you know it's it's quite recent times that it was completely taboo here it's better than it was by a long way and it's getting better all the time you know um, a, a very short time ago, men didn't even know they had a prostate, let alone speaking about it comfortably in public. Um, so, you know, it needs to be talked about. It's the most common cancer in men. You know, they, they need to know about it. So, um, I'm, if I can say just something, what you say sure. just now, I really relate to that. 
you know, uh, when I got my cancer diagnosis, I, I, I was here on the radio station, quite a public job. And yeah. it was really a, a big question for me. You know, do I share it? Do I not share it? I was scared that I would not be seen as the same person again, that right. my capacity, my capability, my work would be put into question. And actually, the very first person I told it said to me, do not say it at work. Whatever happens, do not say you have cancer because that's it. Your career is over. Right. So that's something that I will never forget that really had an impact on my life and that I now work very much into changing that mind frame and, and showing that people are still very much capable, very much motivated and can go back, you know, to, to work uh, and be very capable in what yeah. they do. Well, this, this process is just beginning in mental health, isn't it? Uh, it's come, yeah. come out of the closet and it's actually okay to say you're having some mental problems and you're not threatening your whole career and all your friends and everything else that actually it's okay to and actually everybody has some mental problems you know it's, so it's ridiculous to hide it and pretend that we don't so um yeah the same thing does need to happen with cancer no doubt about it um okay uh so you've trained yourself through this process in various ways do you want to say a bit about your training what you've done yeah, so I really, actually, I started uh, on noticing that for my personal healing journey, the mind-body connection was something that I hadn't worked enough on. So I started to do yoga on a regular basis to really have a more deeper connection with my body, with my breathing. And I became then, after that, a yoga teacher. I also certified in yoga therapy, in meditation, breathing techniques. That was my very first step. Mm -hmm. But I understood that the next step to take and to dive into was nutrition. So I uh, am a certified integrated nutrition health coach. I also made a certification as a functional institute of functional medicine in applied functional medicine. Now I also did a course at the American Institute for Integrative Oncology. So I kept just on educating myself and uh, getting all the possible tools that uh, that I could, you know, offer to my clients. And later on, and we talk maybe a bit later about it, I also made sure that I surrounded myself with other coaches and with other health practitioners that we were complementary to my qualifications and to my life experiences. Mm, right. Sensation that makes you feel good. How good are vitamin C supplements? Usually only a small proportion of vitamin C actually reaches your cells and has a positive effect. Whereas the high absorption levels of Goldman Laboratories liposomal vitamin C help maintain optimal vitamin C levels in your body and strengthen your immune system. Now get 10% off when you choose Goldman Laboratories liposomal vitamin C capsules. Just quote 10 off at goldmanlaboratories.com. Do you suffer from pain? Be Cure Laser, a home use CE approved medical device for the effective treatment of pain, is now available in the UK. The results of a double blind trial has shown that Be Cure Laser offers a significant reduction in pain compared to the placebo group. To get your special Be Cure offer now, call free on 0808 501 5122 or Google Radio Pro London. Be 
services I, I wanted to look at them uh, from two different perspectives now I, I wanted to just kind of imagine here I am someone who's been diagnosed with fairly early stage relatively non-aggressive prostate cancer uh, I've been sent home by the uh, oncology unit to watch and wait but I've come to the conclusion this is not a very uh, intelligent approach as I'd be uh, kind of wasting my opportunity to do some things to actually improve my prospects rather than just waiting for them to get worse so uh, Feeling sure there must be something I can do, I contact the cancer coach. So what happens next? Well, first of all, the first step would always to schedule a free consultation with one of our coaches. So that's a very important starting point where we do a first assessment and this assessment is done for free, so we don't charge for it. And that's a very important opportunity for the coach to really have a much clearer understanding of the person that is in front of him and to understand what are your pain points, what are your worries, what are your priorities and where do you look for support. And it's also really an opportunity to let the person talk, to hear them out. Yeah. Uh, and very often, you know, you will realize that they have a very clear idea of what aspects in their lifestyle actually needs improvement. And uh, if it comes from them, it's also much more powerful and you get them much more engaged. So you hear, you would hear, for example, to take the example that you said about this man that has early stages of prostate cancer, he might say to me, you know, I had a very stressful job. I've had the last 20 years in my life of full pressure, full stress. I know I need to work on stress levels. I know I need to work on the better life uh, work balance. So that's already something, you know, where I know, okay, I, 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 I need to include that in, in the coaching program. But then we, we try to go deeper with that other areas that are of concern that that person might also say to me you know i i really haven't had time to take care of my nutrition i was always so busy i just had whatever i could find a lot of junk food i know that uh, nutrition needs to be improved so uh, we together kind of have that discussion and then the coach will uh, cover other areas uh, that the person did not address and would ask questions around sleep for example how are your sleep patterns uh, how in, are you doing in terms of physical movements how are you doing in terms of emotional support and get into all these different areas and that's how we will together as a team the coach and the client come up with priorities that we want to tackle and are specific and individualized to this person's needs and priority so the next step will be for us as a coach, for the coach actually to, to write a proposal on the, uh, on the coaching plan. I supervise all the proposals, so I go to them, there's a little bit of uh, chit-chat, you know, uh, giving some advice, some additional ideas, and then the plan goes to the client. And if the client decides to start, well, we, we, we fix a date, usually we recommend to have at least four sessions. That's the minimum we need to make an impact in somebody's life. Okay, yeah. And so then we get started and, you know, I think that a very important aspect to mention is that in every coaching session, the emotional aspect is crucial. So always starting by asking, you know, how they are, 
today and if there is anything they need they want to talk about uh, and also as a coach to be very able to adapt to the situation if something new came up uh, if you decided for example to to work on nutrition but then the client said i haven't been sleeping for three days and you need to be able to adapt and and, and, and prioritize so that's that's more or less how how the process would work mm. uh, a quick question on what you just said uh, you know, it's quite well known that there's a certain uh, sector of uh, people who actually are averse to looking at the emotional side of the whole thing. Uh, and of course, to you, that's kind of red flag what they need to. But how much do you push it? You say you put it up front and everything else, but uh, do you insist that somebody looks at it in any way? I think that's a really great question and that the difference comes really with experience the more you are experienced as a coach the more you are able to navigate these kind of personalities and for me i always i make sure i don't push it at the beginning i make sure i first address their priorities their needs so if they need to handle their stress first we will tackle that if they need to sleep better we will first I, once you have uh, already, uh, you know, work on a basis of confidence, on build up a relationship. That's how it kind of naturally comes, and I, I prefer it to come naturally. And it's also the, the the vision of a good coach to be able to ask these high mileage questions, you know, to make the client open up a little bit more, step by step. And uh, one question I sometimes ask, if I feel it's appropriate, is: Have you thought about what? you know, what uh, contributed for you to, to get the cancer in the first place. And that's often the question that brings a lot of emotions mm -hmm. and where people start opening up and, for example, would say that somebody, a loved one, passed away mm -hmm. or that they had uh, horrible financial problems or they would slowly open up. And I think it's definitely an area that uh, is required for healing. I always say you can't heal your body without healing your mind. But I also believe that it needs to be at the right moment and at the pace that works for the client that you are working with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes complete sense. Obviously, uh, you know, for a person like that, the, the most important thing is the building of the trust in the first place. And uh, if, if you can help them with the things that they came in the door with, the things they say they want help with, uh, you're going to build that trust and that enables you to move on, isn't it? Okay, so just say somebody comes in with a far more challenging and complex situation, someone who, say, a woman who's diagnosed with a recurrence of breast cancer like yourself, uh, secondaries in the lymph nodes and lungs, it's not hormone sensitive, started treatment with chemo, terrible side effects, um, and the prospects are really poor. Um, and uh, so this is somebody who's never looked outside the box of oncology, but has come along to the cancer coach because some friend said, here, why don't you have a look at this? So how would you, how would you meet that situation? Well, again, you know, we would always start with the first uh, free assessment, where again, it's about to hear the person out because the same diagnosis uh, can lead to very different side effects for every single person and we very much do believe in an individualized approach so i would like to hear from that person so what are the side effects that are so terrible what bothers you the most what worries you the most um, so to get get that, that that better understanding and very often you know in those situations there would be 
two main kind of points to work on is very often uh, the side effects in terms of digestive issues. So with harsh treatments comes a lot of digestive issues. Uh, people start uh, having very low appetite, not being able to eat. A lot of people tell me that they eat the food tastes bad, you know, that even they are not able to drink water because the water has a metallic taste because of the chemotherapy, they are losing weight, they are losing energy. So that would be, of course, the, I would say in such a situation that is much more extreme, the priority will really be to try to, to, um, to work on, on, on an immediate relief. So to try where can we really bring an immediate relief to that person to immediately feel a little bit better. So the appetite is a good example. So we can work on, for example, hydration. If the person is telling me, I, I just can't drink. And I'm sure uh, she has been told by every doctor that it's important to drink, but you're just not able. So we coach, you know, in, in terms of some tips on how to be able to drink more water, how to make the food taste a little bit better, how to prepare the food in a way that is easier to digest so all these kind of tips and then for these situations of course emotional well-being is, is a big part and i get very often uh, especially actually for women that would tell me it's a very lonely journey and um, i don't want to be a burden for my family i don't express really the fear that is inside me i always you know make a point to be courageous to be brave but inside, it's a whole different story. So also to just being able to hold that space, you know, to give them an opportunity to let all these emotions out, this also more negative emotions, and, and simply be there to listen, you know, uh, it, it is, is very, very beneficial. But I also want to add that there's, of course, much more that we can do and for more difficult cases that's where also the team comes in and the importance of having different team members with different qualifications um, sometimes i have clients who say you know i know my diagnosis is terrible but i don't really understand the whole you know process i don't understand the treatment i, I just feel that with more information uh, it made me feel better so you know addressing these points can also be of relief and um, throughout the sessions again there will be always other side effects that will need to be addressed uh, the emotional aspect will also always be uh, be important but that would be probably a typical case that I will take in our caseload meetings. So we have at the Cancer Coach every week caseload meeting where all the coaches and uh, doctors would, would be together and where we would talk about specific cases. And then it's really about putting more hats together and more experiences together. And this makes us all better as coaches and also gives us better services for, for the client. Right. A couple of questions about the team. Um, how many coaches do you have and doctors and um unless there's a decision to to do otherwise will i always see the same coach okay so we are at the moment we have eight coaches and they are all over the world and they all have different qualifications some are similar but there are two requirements that i really uh want from every coach is first of all having a personal experience with cancer how you pointed out at the beginning this is really an added value and i have 
I've been said by every single client of mine that the fact that I went through cancer myself makes such a difference. Yeah. Talking to somebody who actually knows how it feels mm -hmm. in every cell of their body makes a difference, makes them feel understand, understood, and it's just a completely different layer also in terms of being relatable. Um, so always an experience, either having gone through cancer yourself being like, for example, you asked about our team, we have uh, breast cancer survivors, thyroid cancer survivor, ovarian cancer survivor. Um, we have also, uh, and then those who don't have a personal history, at least a very close history as a caregiver. Right. So we have kids who have been the caregiver of their mother, of their father, of their child. Um, so that's, that's kind of the requirement. And then the second requirement is a qualification as a healthcare provider, which uh, varies. So we have uh, functional medicine nutritionists, we have health coaches, we have um, oncology nurses, nurse one only, uh, we have another um, uh, nutritionist. You asked me about the doctor, so we have an integrative oncologist that is part of our team and always participates to the caseload meetings. And that's how we slowly build a team. I just had a new coach last week who is a psychologist and a personal trainer, which is a, another great added right. value to yeah. our team. Um, and we are continue building up the team. Yeah. Excellent. Well, that, the criteria, apart from the healthcare qualification, are the same for our helpline operators. They're all people either with personal or very close experience of cancer, uh, which enables them to do a really good job just listening as much as anything uh, but uh, talking to people the station that makes you feel good Thalar Light is the quantum energy emitted from the universe, from the sun and stars. Now, Tom Palladino, a humanitarian and scalar light researcher, has created the world's only scalar light healing system, a system that can bring long-distance healing and wellness to humans, pets, and plants via a photograph. Get your free 15-day trial now at scalarlight.com or click on the Scalar Light banner on the UK Health Radio website. Shields like masks are top of mind right now. But did you know you have inner armor working constantly to protect you from pathogens? It keeps you healthy and thriving. It's your immune system. Ion Gut triggers the body's natural ability to support gut strength all year long, so your immune system can protect you when you need it the most. How are you treating your inner armor? Visit uk.ionbiome.com to learn more. Ion Gut. Protect what protects you. The station that makes you feel good. That's great. Um, I wanted to ask one thing about um, existential issues. One thing about cancer is it tends to make people think, uh, uh, you know, brings to the fore, if you like, their relationship to life. And uh, some people have a very strong will to live and others you find at this time don't have such a strong will to live for whatever reason. Uh, is this something that you meet and deal with a lot? And do you feel you're able to help those people who don't have a very strong will to live? 
So first of all, I would say that mostly people who reach out to us do have a strong will to live. Okay. And that's why they found us, because they go online, they, they, they actively look for help, for solution, for support. So there is already this component of, I do want to do everything I can right. to survive and get sense. better. Yeah. In that sense, it makes, it makes us our job a little bit easier. But sometimes, you know, we get the cancer coaches that have been recommended by their wife, by their husband, by their mother. Exactly. And, and they were a bit more pushed towards us. And that's where we can find this uh, situation of being more depressed. Uh, 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 you know, not that sense of, 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 of wanting to live. And I think it's something that we address as coaches. Uh, so to, to ask them simply, you know, what brings joy in your life? What gives you a sense of purpose? What in the past, you know, made you smile? And to really, uh, I, I like to be very, very practical in my coaching and with my coaches and to make them do exercises, how to proactively uh, implement these moments in their life. You know, if they feel a sense of purpose when they spend some time with their siblings. So make sure they see their siblings on a regular basis. If it's um, a certain, I don't know, uh, artistic activity, make sure that even though they have cancer to find solution, that they still can be creative and that, that it's not taken away from their, them. So again, it's understanding what um, makes them uh, feeling motivated, what makes them having that purpose. I have to say that um, we also are working uh, on having a psychologist, you know, as I mentioned, on board. Yeah. So uh, yeah, also, I think that a very important aspect of cancer coaches is to also know where is our limit and to understand, okay, that's how far I am qualified to go as a cancer coach. And this person requires a more, you know, professional attention in terms of a psychologist, for example, and then to refer to uh, another professional. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, so I want to speak about men now. Uh, men, uh, they don't use integrative services nearly as much as women. If I was to make a ridiculous generalisation, I would say that complementary medicine is women uh, supporting women. Uh, and it's not a million miles off the truth. Um, it's getting better, but it's still ridiculously unbalanced in that way. Um, and we work with this as a charity all the time. Uh, we've noticed that actually men are more, uh, more apt to use online services than uh, kind of face-to-face -face services. Uh, so I thought, well, maybe this is a plus for what you're doing. And uh, I'm just interested to know how, what the proportion of men are that come to you and uh, whether you've got any particular comment about that. Yeah, so still definitely much more, much more women that seek our services. So we have about 30 to 35 percent of our clients are men, which That's is not actually bad. not That's bad. That's not bad. Not bad at all. Yeah. There is an inflation. And again, I do find it definitely that men are much more open now that there is on online services. Mm. Um, and I want to add that a lot of men who come to us, they have been pushed by women. Right. So they it's either their wife behind, their daughter, their sister, their mother. So it's 
often the initiative comes from a woman still, but once you get to talk to them and they understand what it is about and they also understand how practical and easy it is, they are now much easier to onboard. It's easier, I will, I will be very honest for me, with you to convince now a man to do an online program and it was to come to my consultation room, you know, and again, and that, that have still a work, that are very busy, that don't necessarily are willing to dedicate that much time um, to, to their healing process, online uh, services are very, very much welcome to mm. them. Mm. Well, I'm very pleased to hear that. Yes, uh, one third is actually an incredibly high figure. It's more like 10% generally, uh, you know, and it's, it's better than it used to be. I have a memory of going to uh, a conference on complementary medicine where there were, uh, you know, well over 100 people in the room and the only other man there was speaking on the stage. All the yes. rest were women. So that's where we come from. If you don't mind, one more thing about men. Yeah. When they start a coaching program, usually they stay for a longer period. Right. So once they start and they see the benefit and they realize how much better they do, you know, they are more productive, they sleep better, they manage their, their stress better, they feel more confident, they follow through. So we have about 70% of our clients who would uh, sign up for a second coaching program and a high number of men would really go to mm. a longer period of coaching. That's interesting. I, I'm guessing that has a, maybe something to do with the, uh, the, the, the number of options out there for them. Is that women, uh, you know, they have a massive smorgasbord of options to pursue and they may do the coaching with you and then go off and do something else. Doesn't mean they're doing nothing, yes. they might do something else. But the men have only found you so far. So they've got all their eggs in one basket and they think, well, this is working for me. And also, you know, I found it very interesting that somehow online men open up much easier. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. Something about, you know, this additional feeling of privacy and maybe also that they are in their own comfort zone at their office or at home where it's easier to make them open up, I feel, when they come to a consultation room, which is strange you know it's not the environment so that's right. not a benefit definitely from online coaching definitely and i think you're right i think you're yeah, pointing to that feeling of yeah you're in your own environment and you you're in control of the whole thing you've initiated it uh, it's a big part of it but uh, you know my book is whatever works uh, if that's what works for men then we should do it um because of course the uh, uh, needs uh, are no less amongst men and the benefits of using integrative services are no less amongst men. They may think they have less needs, but it's not actually true in my experience. Yes, and also I think that for men it goes the same as prevention, you know. I think you, I, I have much more many men who come with me with a much advanced cancer because they didn't go for their regular checkups. They didn't right. take the time to do it. So I have many more stage three, stage four men. Uh, women are more stage one, stage two because they are more proactive right. in going through screening. So I think that's another aspect that needs to be worked on. Yeah. That's all part of the same issue, I think. Okay, very good. So you, you mentioned prevention there, and you, that's something you kind of uh, talk about in particular, isn't it? Uh, 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 maybe people who've had cancer. Um, I do ever 
work with anybody who hasn't had cancer, but actually maybe they've been alerted to it through family history or whatever, and they're keen to prevent. Yes. Yeah. We, we know the majority of our clients, uh, but we do have clients who, who, who seek for our help because they have a, a serious family history of cancer and they are afraid, you know, that they might be more vulnerable to cancer. We also have clients who have been diagnosed with a genetic, uh, you know, like BRCA1 or breast cancer gene and are much more susceptible for cancer in the future. Uh, we also have clients who had a scare, you know, who had right. a tumor in the breast and it came out to be benign, but it made them realize, oh my God, maybe I should, you know, make some changes so that yeah. next time it's, it's, it's not uh, cancer. So these are, roughly the, the types of persons that we also help and we coach and where it's really about talking about lifestyle changes to promote uh, health and to reduce cancer risk. Mm. Well, uh, we just need to make the step from there. I mean, the uh, star headlines in the newspapers have uh, got people to find out whether there's a genetic problem and to worry about it. But of course, everybody in the street should be worrying about the fact they've got a 50-50 chance of getting cancer already without any special rogue genes. But uh, that's not happening yet. But who knows? Maybe we will. Um, okay, so you've got quite a range of resources on your website. Do you want to tell listeners what's available there? Yeah, so we have, uh, you know, I think probably the most interesting resources we have is all the recordings of the live talks that I had with so many different uh, doctors and health practitioners. And there are so many topics that are addressed, like, uh, for example, the link between sugar and cancer, uh, anxiety, the importance of positive mindset, immunotherapy, breast cancer in young women. So a lot of very specific topics that you can listen in. And it's all kind of free lectures that you can listen into. And then some very practical uh, kind of infographics and recipes and articles. Uh, I also made a list of healthy food swaps. So yes, very kind of practical information that you can start uh, reading through. Mm. And uh, I also noticed that you're being truly international in as much you actually offer services in uh, different languages. So do you want to say a bit about that? Yeah, so we do offer uh, services actually in seven different languages. Wow. So English, French, Spanish, German, and newly I just had a new coach who, speak, who is fluent in Russian and Portuguese. So that adds to it. And then not to forget Luxembourgish. I'm Luxembourg. Okay, okay. I'm not even aware what that sounds like, but okay. So that's seventh language. Excellent. So uh, of critical importance to many people will actually be the cost of your services. I appreciate this is a bit of a how long is a piece of string question, but can you give some idea of typical costs? Yeah, so we, we usually uh, always uh, suggest uh, four session programs, mm -hmm. and that uh, program is uh, the fees is £725. So that includes four individual sessions, online sessions with a cancer coach. And after each session, the cancer coach will uh, write a health plan for you and will give you access to additional documents, to additional information, to videos to many, many other resources that will be available for you for the rest of your life, even when the coaching program is over. Uh, I, 
I don't know if you want to mention that there's a special uh, a prize for those who come to your organization, uh, Yes for Life. So there's a hundred pound deduction, uh, which I think is, is, is very interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. We love uh, being able to offer people some help in that way. So many people are absolutely strapped for cash and something like coaching might be seen as further down the list somewhere ahead, you know, below the supplements or whatever, but actually, uh, could be unbelievably important to even getting the right supplements because you're in the going to the right place, talking to the right people, you're in the right frame of mind, all these things. So, um, yeah, so we appreciate the offer to help people who need it very much. That's so great. Um, so, uh, yeah, we're out of time. Thanks so much for telling us about the great service you built. Uh, it, it, you know, it's a great response to your own story and the needs that you experience. So I'm very excited, as I say, to be you know, looking at ways that we can help our beneficiaries using your services because they, they certainly got lots of strengths from the way I see it. So uh, I'm hoping we're going to be able to do some great work together. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. Thank you very much, Robbie. All right, thanks so much for talking today, Spell. Thank you to you and let's keep in touch. Bye-bye. Do follow up on looking at the Cancer Coach website as there's many free resources worth looking at. That's thecancercoach.org. Thanks a lot for listening today. I hope you'll make a point of joining me again next week for another Yes to Live show here on UK Health Radio. Bye.